This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about the B.C. government's lawsuit against Big Pharma now. The B.C. government says they want to sue the drug companies for damage caused by the opioid crisis. This was a court case launched earlier by the B.C. government and David Eby, the province's attorney general, saying today he's very happy with a court ruling just out south of the border. That's in Oklahoma, where the state government there, they did the same thing. They went after Big Pharma. They sued Johnson & Johnson, the big drug company, uh, alleging that uh, the company helped fuel that state's opioid crisis. They got one just like we do. They won in court. So Johnson & Johnson ordered to pay $572 million in this court judgment. The B.C. government taking a look at that and saying, right on, we like seeing that. We want to do the same thing here. Let's check in with David Klein now. He's a class action lawyer. He's been following these cases. Hiya, David. Hi. Thanks a lot for coming on. I mean, obviously, a ruling in the United States does not set a legal precedent here in Canada, or does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, It doesn't set a precedent here, but it is encouraging. And and, uh, so that's why we see uh, David E.B., uh, announcing that he's pleased with the result. Right. So, what was the uh, what is encouraging about it? I guess it just shows that it's possible to take on these big drug drug companies and win. That's exactly right. It shows that you can mount a case and win that case. Uh, it also creates a certain amount of pressure on the drug companies to resolve the litigation through settlements. Uh, there are two other manufacturers, Oklahoma sued that did settle uh, rather than go through a trial. So, you know, they, the hope is that if there are a series of wins against a company like Johnson & Johnson, they'll, they'll see the writing on the wall and uh, enter into discussions to settle out the cases. Now, having said that, you know, that's what happened in the United States with the tobacco companies. Uh, the tobacco companies were sued by various state attorney general, attorneys general, uh, they entered into a settlement with hundreds of billions of dollars payable over time, but they did not settle in Canada, even though there are similar lawsuits here. So it's encouraging, but uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah, I remember uh, the, the big tobacco lawsuits here on our side of the border, and I, I recall the B.C. government going after the big tobacco companies and said, look, we want you guys to pay for all the the death and destruction you guys have caused with with cigarettes and all the health care costs and which made some sense i guess to go after them like you said they did the same thing in the states and that was 20 years ago and it's it still go it's still in the courts i mean it is still it's still going on it's lasted yeah. for a long time and we've gone way past the uh the the time when they settled in the u.s However, they were different tobacco companies in the United States. With the opioid case, uh, many of the pharmaceutical companies being sued in the U.S. are the same ones who are being sued here. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic situation, a lot of factors. Uh, it's, uh, it's a positive development. Okay, speaking of class action lawyer David, uh, David Klein about suing Big Pharma for the opioid crisis, what does the government have to do here to succeed in a lawsuit like this? I mean, do they got to they got to prove that these companies were what? They were hiding or misrepresenting the the addictive nature of these drugs? The the 
The lawsuit centers on an overpromotion by the drug companies of these yeah. of, of of opioids. Uh, but you you have the essence of it. They're promoting these drugs. They're downplaying the addictive nature of the drugs. They're encouraging uh, doctors to prescribe them. And and you know doctors make their decisions based on information they receive from medical journals, but also from you know and from conferences and from the drug companies themselves. And if the drug companies don't put out accurate information, if they put out misleading information then these kinds of consequences follow. Could the, could the drug companies conceivably argue that the drugs are actually legitimate medicines, they were prescribed by doctors to people suffering in pain, and maybe they could argue that this terrible death toll that we're seeing from overdoses, those are largely from illegal street drugs like fentanyl. So there are two parts to this. One of them is uh, they will point, you know, in terms of defenses, one of them is they'll point to the doctors and they'll say, you know, doctors are smart people. Um, They have medical degrees. They understand uh, the impact. They read the journals. They're kept up to date and informed. It's not our fault if if, uh, a drug is overprescribed. That's on the doctor. And the second thing is that is that you know many of the deaths and addictions uh, may may start with over over prescription, but it, it quickly spirals into illegal purchases. Yeah, right. I mean, you, I'm sure the government lawyers could turn around and say, well, yeah, okay, a lot of people are dying from these illegal street drugs, but they got hooked on these drugs in the first place because they were overprescribed by doctors. That's exactly right. Right, and, right. And it's the truth. It's true. You know, a lot of a lot of people. Uh, go in for pain control. They're prescribed opioids. They're not followed properly. They get hooked. Uh, they can't get the uh, the, the uh, prescriptions that they want, so they turn to the illegal market. But it starts with overprescription of a highly addictive drug. David, thanks for coming on. You're very welcome. I appreciate it. That is David Klein. He's a class action lawyer in Vancouver.